A lot of the stuff I talk about on this podcast seems catered to the AR-15 or AR platform of rifles and carbines. And it is, at least in the sense that what I'm talking about comes from the mindset of someone who primarily uses ARs. It's no secret that the AR-15 is the most popular rifle platform in the US today, but it isn't as obvious to everyone just how much you need to spend to get a quality rifle. So a little while back, I talked about the merits of having one rifle for everything you might use a rifle for. And at the end of that episode, I did a quick walkthrough of my go-to AR. Um, I should note that the configuration I described there has already changed pretty significantly since the recording of that episode, which just kind of speaks to how endlessly you can customize an AR nowadays. I can go over the new build sometime um, if you guys are interested in that, but that's sort of besides the point. Uh, Anyway, in that episode, I did describe what many would consider a fairly pricey build, a sort of a Gucci build. It's the term I hear a lot. A BCM rifle outfitted with an EOTech sight and magnifier can easily run you over $2,000, especially when you add other stuff like lights and upgraded triggers and stuff like that. And while I didn't pay retail for anything in or on my build, I did a lot of you know, used pr pricing, dealer pricing, trades, that kind of thing. But while I was talking about my build, I wasn't advocating that you need to spend that much or even that you should spend less on your own rifle. And in terms of how much you should spend on your rifle, uh, you know, truth is nobody likes to hear this because everyone likes simple answers. But unfortunately, it depends. So let's talk about that wide, wide range of rifle components and price ranges and where your needs and your budget will best fit together. So as you probably already know, there are a ton of manufacturers putting out really high-quality AR rifles, carbines, pistols, parts, accessories, tools, yada, yada, yada. When you look at the wide range of options for the AR platform, it makes perfect sense why the AR platform has become so popular in America. It you know When you have a modular weapon platform that works for such a wide variety of use cases and can be fine-tuned for those use cases, it's kind of a no-brainer. And nowadays, because of that glut of suppliers uh, and, you know, not peak demand, at least at the time of, uh, you know, this episode, you know, not, not an election year or anything, um, but nowadays you can get a complete range-ready AR for probably less than $400 if you're savvy, but I'd say most starting prices are more in the $500 to $700 range. And for that, you're going to get a basic mil-spec carbine that's pretty similar looking and feeling to the Colt M4 when it was first issued in the 90s. Minus the select fire, of course, that costs way more. And that price will get you a ton of great options. There are a lot of uh, decent mil-spec builders out there. Um, you might even have some funds left over for important stuff like magazines and ammo. Of course, if this rifle is for home defense, you'll also want to budget for a sling, a light, and a red dot as we've discussed before. If you want upgrades that are a step above mil-spec, stuff like uh, free float rails, lighter barrel profiles, adjustable gas systems, uh, ambidextrous controls, and you know all that other cool stuff that's been hitting the market, you'll probably be looking to spend somewhere at or over $1,000 to get those. And from there, the sky is kind of the limit. You have manufacturers that are putting out rifles that without any other options or customizations, start over two or even $3,000. And when you go into custom builds and, you know, matched billet receivers and really fancy barrel configurations, it's easy to spend way more than that. 
But the five hundred dollars for the mill spec and thousand dollars for the for the higher end builds, those are just uh, starting prices for buying a complete rifle from a reputable manufacturer. You can build some or you know even all of the rifle yourself, and that can save you a few hundred bucks. But we'll talk about the pros and cons of that in a sec. Um, first, let's talk about where costs are either cut or piled on when it comes to buying. We'll say, we'll say, for example, you know, buying a complete rifle from a manufacturer. In my, in my opinion and experience, the heart of a rifle, what really makes one AR outperform or underperform versus other ARs, is going to boil down to the barrel, the bolt, and the trigger. The other parts can be a factor. They tend not to be a significant factor. And it's ironic in that sense that the barrel is often the biggest differentiator from one complete rifle to another. The kind of the standard stock barrel that you'll get is usually it's a 16 inch stainless steel, usually nitride treated and finished uh, barrel with a government profile and a one to seven twist rate. This is a middle of the road at everything barrel that's good at everything a civilian expects to use a AR4, but not great at any particular thing. It's not the lightest or strongest or most precise barrel option out there, but it's what you're going to get most of the time. Outside of that, uh, costs will either go up or down depending on the forging quality of the barrel, whether it went through kind of just a typical mill spec process, or if it's something more like the cold hammer forge barrels from BCM or FN that, that supposedly have a much longer life, much longer barrel life in terms of round count. Um, other cost adders or subtractors could be the profile of the barrel. Is it a government profile or is it a um, very slim or tapered pencil profile that uh, will shave some weight while sacrificing some rigidity? Uh, does it go the other way? Is it a heavy bull barrel that's meant for um, long-range precision? And um, the finish of the barrel and the wrapping of the barrel can often be uh, other cost increasers. Um, nitride is kind of the standard, but you also have all stainless or chrome-lined uh, bores and chambers. And in the case of precision rifles, you'll often see uh, carbon fiber added to the barrel, both to help with weight and rigidity. And from there, while this is rarely an issue with American AR manufacturers, both for complete rifles and for parts, the overall metal choices and the forging qualities of things like the receivers, the handguard, uh, and other critical metal parts um, can sometimes be a factor. What's more often than not a, a factor is the furniture quality when it comes to buying a complete rifle. If you're getting an, a basic AR with mil-spec furniture, you're generally good to go, though some manufacturers' furniture will be uh, a little bit lighter or a little bit maybe looser um, than others. Whereas upgraded furniture, you know, that are a cut above mil-spec, are much less uniform in both their design and their quality. When you're going to stuff like uh, free-floated rails and uh, different butt stocks and pistol grips, you might end up with furniture that can st that can stand up to you know more heavy use and abuse, can handle a lot of weight being put on them, especially in the case of free-float rails. You might have others that that are a little bit uh, a little bit looser from the, from the manufacturer, a little bit flimsier. Um, Handguards, in particular, when you go to free-floating, you run the risk of a lower-end rail uh, rotating. Since it's only mated to the receiver by the barrel nut, if the handguard rotates on the barrel, everything attached to the handguard slips out of place. 
and that can definitely be an issue. And then finally, the biggest differentiator between a high-end AR manufacturer versus a more budget-oriented AR manufacturer are often just the little details, um, like whether the gas block is pinned or clamped on, or simply a solid slip-on uh, gas block, um, whether the gas keys in the bolt carrier group are properly staked in, or if they were just kind of slapped on and loctited, whether the castle nut was staked to prevent any slipping there. In some cases, with uh, budget builders, you may even have some units make it off the uh, off the assembly line with improper head spacing, uh, and that can cause major issues where the uh, chamber is not fully and properly sealed around the round and properly supporting it. And while there's a lot of discussion online about whether or not uh, manufacturers like Bravo Company or Daniel Defense are worth what they charge for their rifles, I would say that the the quality assurance and quality control procedures that those manufacturers put their builds through is, for someone that would be running their guns a lot, worth it, absolutely. Because um, BCM and Daniel Defense definitely earn their money when it comes to making sure that every unit that goes off the line is tested as rigorously as possible and assured for quality and consistency. So those might be the factors that set one manufacturer that you're considering from another or even uh, one rifle in their lineup from another. And if you're still stuck on exactly how much you want to put into an AR build, uh, just take a step back and be realistic about the priorities, the needs that you have for this rifle. What are you going to do with it? Um, is it just a you know hunting and plinking gun that's rarely going to be leaving the bench? Um, is it something that you are going to be working with every day, like for duty use? Uh, or is it a home or personal defense gun where you may not use it every day, but when you do need to use it, everything needs to work? And I don't have a clear answer for you on that. That's sort of a subjective thing. Um, personally, if I were buying just a range gun, I wouldn't be super concerned if it was going to be reliable after you know 10,000 dirty rounds without any cleaning or heavy maintenance. I wouldn't mind swapping a part out every now and then if something... And if, and, you know, if I was taking a, a gun to the range and it's only a gun for the range, if something fails, I'll, I have no issue with packing up and going home. As it happens, since I only have one rifle, my expectations for it are a cut above that which I would have for a just a hunting or plinking rifle. It's more on the home or personal defense level of expectations. And in my case, I prioritize reliability above anything else. I would happily pay more, and I did pay more, for a rifle that was rigorously QC'd from the factory, and I've paid more for various attachments and components knowing that they will get the job done if and when I need them to. But so far, every single time I've shot the gun has been for just range and plinking stuff, so it hasn't really come up. Whenever you're looking at a big purchase like a rifle and it is a big purchase uh you always gotta look at what you need and what you want because sometimes one is greater than the other you're gonna find a lot of opinions online about what you need to upgrade first or what is just garbage from the factory or what's garbage from the mil spec standard and it doesn't really matter if i tell you that a basic mil-spec AR is perfectly fine and you don't actually need to upgrade anything from mil-spec to have a suitable rifle uh, because you already know if you want a basic mil-spec rifle or if you want to go above and beyond that. 
But whatever you do, just remember that there are, with any firearm, costs that go on top of just buying the firearm itself. In the case of an AR, you uh, will need to set aside some additional funds for the optics, for the magazines, the uh, ammunition to get proficient with the firearm. If it's your first and only rifle, you'll probably want to pay for training to really get proficient with it. And when you're looking at these extras that go on top of the price of the rifle itself, make sure you're not leaving yourself with a hairline budget for those extras because those extras are extremely important. I personally wouldn't want to shoot with a $2,000 AR that only has a $50 optic on it because I have no reason to expect a $50 optic to uh, perform well at all. I've tried the budget optics. Some of them work, some of them don't. None of the ones under 50 bucks works. You can maybe get away with it for just a couple hundred bucks, but the truth is a decent optic setup uh, can cost as much as the rifle, sometimes more. I've definitely seen uh, AR builds where the owner spent more on the optics than they did on the rifle, and the owner seemed pretty happy with that decision. You know, magazines, you got to make sure you have a lot of them. Ammo, a lot of that. Can't get good without ammo. And uh, as far as the training cost goes, I'm pretty sure uh, someone who spent, you know, 500 bucks on a rifle and then 500 bucks on, on, a, on a really demanding carbine course will outshoot someone else who spent $1,000 on their rifle and hasn't been to any courses. And if you have all that squared away, great. Uh, but if you want to upgrade, make sure that the upgrades are for things that you personally want and not things that you hope will make you a better shooter. Because you've probably heard it a thousand times already, but I'll be number 1,001 to tell you that spending more on an AR build doesn't make you shoot any straighter or any faster. Even though I have a Geissele trigger in my build, I can shoot a mil-spec trigger just as fast. It just happens that I prefer the Geissele trigger after spending some time with both. Even though I was talking a lot about QA and QC and uh, and part qualities, um, you don't necessarily need to spend more to get a reliable AR. Uh, reliable in this case meaning, you know, it'll handle as many rounds as the average shooter puts through an AR in their lifetime. The idea that ARs are unreliable is a myth. It's FUD lore. Well-made ARs, especially today, can chug along for 20,000 rounds or more with zero malfunctions of any kind if you're lucky and uh, zero part swaps if you're lucky. It's totally possible. I've seen it happen. Make sure you have what you need covered and beyond that, get what you want to get uh, and know that whatever budget you've landed on for an AR, there's probably a really great option for you now. It's, it's a great time to get into ARs. Anyway, that's all I have for you this week. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have a moment before next week's episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave Range Talk a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you think I'm a BCM shill and want to call me out on it, you can find me on Twitter at Range Talk Show. If not, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon.